Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus, dear friends. The part of God's Word that we'll give our focus to today comes from the Gospel of Luke chapter 15. Since these are the words of our Savior, I invite you to please stand for our reading. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. To be lost is bad enough. But to be lost and not even realize it well, that's even worse. In our verses today, we have examples of both. First, we have these Pharisees and teachers of the law. When they took notice of how much time Jesus was spending with what they considered to be the bottom feeders of society, they muttered to themselves, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. These words were meant to be a stinging rebuke of Jesus. How can anyone think that he's a teacher of God or a prophet of God? I mean, just look at the company that he keeps. Why would he prefer to spend time with people like that rather than people like us? But to Jesus, these words meant as criticism would have, in fact, been a high compliment. A little bit later, when Jesus was speaking with a chief tax collector, a chief bottom feeder in the eyes of many, he said this, The Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. This was his life's mission, his passion, his purpose. The Pharisees didn't consider themselves to be lost, and so they didn't figure they needed to be found. If anything, they thought they had been found long ago, or that they had found themselves long ago. And from that time on, they had really been outstanding citizens, members of God's family. And you know, many people at that time would have agreed with them. And yet, Jesus seems to leave that group behind 
preferring instead to spend time with sinners. Nevertheless, these parables that he told were for their benefit. They didn't realize that Jesus was just as interested in them as he was in these others. Because they too were lost. They just didn't see it that way. On the other hand, Luke tells us that the tax collectors and sinners, they were all gathering around to hear Jesus. They knew that they wore this label of lost. They knew that they didn't have the sort of pedigree and public record that these Pharisees and the teachers of the law had that they could hold out before others. They knew that they brought nothing to the table in terms of a relationship with God. And so when they heard these parables about the lost sheep and the lost coin being searched out and found, well, they would have been thrilled. There is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. God is interested in finding me. God is interested in bringing me close to Him. And when that happens, heaven itself rejoices. These tax collectors and sinners must have noticed the hard truth that we're considering today. That the found, or at least those who think they are found, seem to be left, while the lost people like these tax collectors and sinners, are found. But you know, if you take a step back and just kind of survey this whole situation that was going on on this day, you see something even greater. Whether it's people who think they are found but are actually lost, or people who are truly lost and have the track record to prove it, Jesus demonstrates by His words and actions towards all of them that whether they know it or not, whether they realize it or not, each one of them is important to Him. Every single soul is precious to Jesus. How do you define a lost soul? Do you think maybe about that teenager or college student who seems to reject everything that their parents or their pastors tried to pass along to them? You think about some people in one of those remote tribes in the Amazon, people who apparently have never heard anything at all about Jesus? Or maybe do you think about that person serving a life sentence for some heinous crime and they seem to show no remorse whatsoever? Or do you think about the drug addict, the alcoholic, who has lost all touch with reality? Any of these, I suppose, could be considered lost souls. But what about the well-put-together couple that lives next door? They have good jobs, good education, Nice house, nice family, but no apparent connection to God. 
What about that family member that we maybe only see once or twice a year, but they never really want to discuss religion or God because it makes them kind of uncomfortable? Could they be a lost soul? What about that coworker? They're always on time, always working hard, always helping out where needed. She's committed to the company, but doesn't seem to have any commitment to the Lord. Could she be a lost soul? Or what about that person that you see for an hour just about every single week here at church? But when you think about it, you really don't know what's going on for the other 167 hours of their week. Could they be a lost soul? Maybe our definition of what a lost soul is needs to be broadened a little bit. When we think about lost souls, do we think first about ourselves? Do we consider that this was you and me by nature? That this was everyone, separated from God, dead in our sin, destined for eternal death, entirely and utterly lost. See, Jesus didn't come just for a select few, like these tax collectors and sinners we heard about in our verses. He didn't come just for those who fit the common definition of being a lost soul. He came for all regardless of how society may classify them, because all of us by nature are lost souls in need of finding. Whether they know it or not, whether a person looks the part or not, every single soul is precious to Jesus. And when any of them are found, heaven rejoices. You know, when you think about this shepherd in Jesus' parable or this woman in Jesus' parable searching out the sheep and the coin, you can't help but at the same time think about Jesus. His love for every lost soul, his love for your soul and for my soul is what led him to leave everything behind and come into our world, take on our human flesh and blood and draw near to us in our lostness. In a way, the Pharisees were right to be astonished that Jesus would welcome sinners and eat with them. It should astonish us that the Holy Son of God would draw near to us in the way that He does and did. Not just welcoming us and speaking to us in His Word, but loving us. Taking our sins on Himself and along with them the punishment that those sins deserve. Every soul was so precious to Jesus that He was willing to forfeit His own spotless life for our sake. People who by nature had no desire to be close to Him. People who by nature didn't even have a clue that we were lost. When we think about lost souls for whom Jesus went to such great lengths to search out, we have to first of all think about ourselves. See, that's what these Pharisees and teachers of the law were missing. And that's why they were so astonished at the company that Jesus was keeping. Likewise, if we don't recognize just how much saving we needed, just how truly lost we were when Jesus came 
and in pure grace sought us out, then we're never going to have the kind of desire that Jesus wants us to have to go and seek out the lost ourselves. The joy that filled heaven on the day that Jesus found us, that's a joy that we get to multiply by joining with him in his work. The joy that we have in knowing the great love Jesus showed us and searching us out, that's what leads us to want to share his love with others. See, just as every soul is precious to Jesus, Jesus wants every soul to be precious to us too. And so as he begins to tell these two parables, he wants to make sure that we understand, first of all, that not only are we people who once were lost, but now, now by God's grace have been found, but he also wants us to see ourselves as people who are just as determined to seek out the lost as Jesus himself is. He says, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? Suppose a woman or one of you has ten silver coins and loses one. Don't you light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until you find it? And if we are willing to search like that for a sheep or a coin, should we be surprised that Jesus would do it for a lost soul? One that he purchased with his own precious blood? And shouldn't we be willing to search for them also? Search them out, Jesus says. Even if it means leaving the 99 behind. Even if it means that the found are going to be left for a little while. As a congregation, we understand what that means. That it's important for us to recognize that we need to move beyond the walls of this church and reach out to those in our community who are still lost. By God's grace, we've been found. We know that. Now that doesn't mean that we don't have daily need of repentance, daily need of the comfort of the gospel. Of course we do. Being found by Jesus doesn't mean that we're now perfect or that we're somehow immune to sin or from wandering astray again. No, as long as we're here in this world, we live in constant need of God's grace and His guidance in our lives. But God fills that need for us through His Word, through His sacraments. But there are so many others out there who still need what we regularly enjoy. And so in practical terms, what that means for us is that our ministry here is not going to be focused entirely or even mostly on the members of this congregation. It's going to be focused outward. There's going to have to be a balance there between caring for those who are here, the found, and seeking out those who are not, the lost. In fact, as God's found people, he would have us be willing to take a back seat for the sake of those who still need to be found. Search them out, Jesus says, even if it requires a great effort. You notice the people in Jesus' parables were not willing to give up until what was lost had been found. Jesus wants us to have that same sort of determination 
And there's no question that it's being challenged right now. I mean, as we come out of this two-year pandemic that has impacted so many people's routines and habits, there's a lot of people who are strained. And so what do we do? I mean, when we notice those people who at one time were so regular here in God's house, but who now have drifted away, are we going to show that same determination Seek them out and find them is what we see in these parables. Or do we maybe think to ourselves, they know better. I mean, if they're going to come back, it's up to them to get their act together and bring themselves back here. But maybe think about it from this perspective. Would that sheep in Jesus' parable have ever found its way back to the flock on its own? Would that coin in Jesus' parable have ever found its way back into its owner's purse all on its own? And what about us? If Jesus had not sought us out the way that he did, would we have eventually found our way into God's kingdom all on our own? Not a chance. Jesus wants us to search out the lost. Not just pastors, not just elders, not just a few, but all of us. That means being willing to pick up the phone and call that person that we used to talk to every week in the entryway here, but now haven't seen for a while. It means to patiently bear with, put up with others in their struggles for the sake of winning them back for the flock. It means that we're willing to take the time to listen to people, to hear what their struggles are so we might learn how we're able to help them. It means that we make the effort to ask people how they're doing in such a way that sends a message that we're not just looking for that standard answer of, fine, thanks, how are you? But that we're truly interested, care with how they're doing. Search them out, Jesus says. Devote your time and your gifts to this important work of reclaiming what has been lost. And when they are found, when they do come back, when they return, Jesus wants us to share in the joy that he and the angels have. He says, I tell you, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who do not need to repent. Now that doesn't mean that God isn't pleased with the 99 who are regularly gathered around God's Word, who serve Him and others faithfully. Of course He is, and He says that again and again in His Word. But there is a special joy when one who is lost is safely returned to the flock. You might think of parents who have several children. One of them gets very sick, maybe is even close to death, but then recovers. Those parents find a special joy in that child who got well, while at the same time continuing to love and rejoice in the other children who never got sick. In the same way, God rejoices in the found who stay found, and also in the lost who are found. Because again, Every soul is precious 
to Jesus. May each one also be precious to us. Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.